VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. What's up, everybody? We're here. We're, we're not going to talk five minutes about the weather to get started. Although, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it. It's a dust storm blowing. Dust, dust watch. Dust watch. Dust watch 2020. Yeah, that's uh, that's a legit thing. 2022. Oh, dang, you're right. This is our 277th episode, Michael. This is year five of the podcast. You were going back to year three. We were just a little baby back then. Which one's which one's my headphones? Is it three? No, it should be this one. I plugged into three. Oh, you're plugged into three? Ah, there, there you go. go. Okay, there we are. Sorry, I had to hear my I had to hear my beautiful voice. It's, it's what we all need. It's tinged in that red Texas dirt. <clears throat> all right. We're going to talk about baseball. Yes. And we're going to talk about baseball. And we're going to talk about baseball. We're doing it live, though, Michael, over on ColorCast. Join us. As we do every week, as we record the 23 Personnel Podcast, we are simulcasting on the great app that is ColorCast. It is a live audio only sports talk platform. It's free to download and to use. Talk to us, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news, or, you know, live podcasting. All you need to do is download the ColorCast app for free in the iOS App Store, create a profile, follow us at 23Personnel, 23Personnel. We go live Tuesday nights between 8 30 and a little late this week, 9 30. We, we got to talking. I'm going to say 9 p.m. It, Tuesday nights. Yeah, that's usually usually the time. Throughout at least the rest of the summer before we get into instant reactions for football. Michael, that's coming up here pretty soon. So download the app, create a profile, follow 23 personnel, and come with your spiciest takes. All right. You can follow us on Twitter, too, if you want. 23 personnel, at punts, suck, at Michael underscore LBK. Like I said, we're talking baseball, Michael. There was a baseball series, a big one, on the road in Stillwater. I've got all of the potential outcomes you do. this weekend. You very thoroughly have covered it all. It was easy once I figured out, what one, one team in the top four that we're, we're, we're concerned, only with the top four, because Tech can't drop below fourth. Yeah. They've already handed in their resume. It's 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 done. One team is done. So I only had to look at three other teams and their schedules. Two of those three are playing this weekend. So it was really just one. One of them is the team we have a podcast about. So that's usually pretty easy. Yeah. So um, talk about where Texas Tech could, will finish in the Big 12 regular season standings. How that works for the conference tournament, which we played in Arlington. And then preview the series this upcoming weekend with Oklahoma to determine how we, we finish the season. So with that, let's go ahead and jump into baseball. 
Let's do it. Left field, well struck, Desloni. Picks it up on a bounce. He's racing for second throw. Out in second. Young lifts it to right field, looking for a second home run. And he's got it into his own bullpen. Reps and some time because all the teams are there. Wow, this one launched deep left off the bat of Warren and into the bleachers. There he goes. And the pitch is driven from deep to right. First end to the wall. Off the top of the fence. Here comes the big sell. Cameron Warren's going to murder home from first. From the third is late. Right. Packing for Omaha? Not quite just yet. However, after this weekend, the Red Raiders may have punted their ticket back into hosting a regional. I did not think that was going to happen. I thought that ship had sailed. I didn't think the outcome you got this weekend was going to happen. No, I thought at most they'd win one game. And, you and were hoping for one game. Yes. I mean, because Oklahoma State has just really come off of a they were top heck three. of a run. and I, But I think last week what, what they did lose their midweek game, didn't they, to Dallas mm-hmm. Baptist? Yeah, but it, it was a walk-off. I think it was while we were recording that happened or right at the end. It was like, yeah, we, we're like we, we hate to see it. But yeah, yeah. Dallas Baptist is a good RPI team. I think they're still top five in the RPI. They've been historically a pretty good team. Losing in walk-off fashion to a good team on the road. I didn't think it was a hole in Oklahoma State. However, turns out, whether it was a hole forming in their armor or uh, just Texas Tech having the number because you've not lost a series in Stillwater in like eight years. You know what I think it was? 2017? Was That's it, not that's eight. Not eight. <laughs> no, because I, I think was it was 14. To, I, I was thinking about to, to, to 2014, but I think there was something that happened in 2017. Anyways. I have a theory. Yes. Okay. So they were off for a week, right? Texas Tech was off. I think it was a week and a half. Yeah. It? It was, yeah, it was 10 days. Yeah. I think one of the belly aching um, TV announcers said something about being off for 10 days. Which we'll talk about the end. <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> I only watched one game and that was enough. The other two I listened to. Um, but the, the theory I have, now work with me here. Right. These guys, they were kind of in a slump coming into this series. You would agree? You mean Texas Tech was Texas Tech? Yeah, sure. They were worried about finals. They They were. They were so. They were just consumed with the finals and studying and getting those tests out of the way. They get those tests out of the way, and then what do you know? They get out the brims. I think that's all it was. It was just academic anxiety was taking over in the diamond, and they were able to seize that remove it from the system, cauterize it, if you will, and dominate. I was going to say gridiron because I can't think of other ways to say baseball. Diamond? I already said diamond. Is there another way? Shine bright like a diamond? Anyway, that's my my theory. They got the finals out of the way, able to finally focus on baseball. Finally. Because, you know, school, I'm sure, is pretty taxing. So... 
let's go through this weekend. Obviously, if you have, I mean, if you've been following Texas basketball, they win three-game series, a sweep Oklahoma State and Stillwater. At the brand new Obrate Stadium, the only stadium that you'll hear me ever talk positively about in the Big 12, outside of the fact they have seven rows of seats. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. It's before they get into suites. <laughs> Still, it... it Watching games there was as expected, and I thought it would be pretty cool. They had new and better broadcast angles than anybody else in the conference. It was which pretty, I thought it was pretty, pretty cool. sharp to look at. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Outfield camera was not bouncing. Yeah, which is a, what unfortunately is a new thing for Texas Tech to have a permanent stand out there for the outfield camera. But that's not unusual for other Big Twelve teams. I was I was noticing it. I don't remember Kansas maybe. Like we were watching the game and that camera was like <laughs> shaking. It was like, oh my gosh. Well, we know the ACU one was rough. I think they were, they were just people on that, the field with cell phones. Well, then uh, what was it? Grand Canyon didn't have lights in the outfield. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of dark back there. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so the atmosphere of O'Bright Stadium. Pretty cool. Pretty sure. cool spot can, for Texas Tech to win all three games. Oh, yeah. Friday night, they, uh, they win it seven to six. Your boy, Andrew Morris. A cool 7-0 on the season now. Goes five innings, seven hits, four runs, four earned. So not his best outing, but powered back offensively with a strong fifth inning. So right before he leaves the game, three walks to four strikeouts is Andrew Morris. Um, but then you get guys coming out of the bullpen that have struggled or failed to be consistently good. <laughs> Sure, that's fair. That were consistently good this weekend. Derek Bridges was one of those guys. He I, he pitched at least two games, maybe all three. I know he pitched Friday and Sunday. We'll look at Saturday here in a second. He went two innings, gave up a hit and a run. No walks and a strikeout. Mason Molina, which I thought was an interesting move because he did end up coming in on Sunday as well. Uh, he threw an inning on Friday. No hits, no runs, one walk, two strikeouts. Josh Sanders got two-thirds of an inning. Beckel came in for uh, nine pitches. And then Andrew Devine comes in. He gets credit for a third of an inning, but the game ended on a on a pickle, <laughs> on a rundown. <laughs> on a home run or a home plate pickle, yeah. Um, where there was a little bit of a wild pitch. <laughs> I say a little bit kind of sarcastically because Devine was so disgusted with himself. Like he turned his back on the play and he had no idea what was going on for a second. Um, there was a runner on third. The ball comes in, the pitch comes in a little outside uh, Hudson white knocks it down. Um, 
and then gets involved in this rundown with the runner who was being really aggressive to tie the game because at this point, Oklahoma State had already scored one in the bottom of the ninth to get it to 7-6. to six. It was 7-5, then it was 7-6. Had a runner on third. Batter strikes out. So you get two outs, and then you get this rundown. And you get, I wouldn't say saved, but you get a, a wild finish to a Friday night game where you were, as I was talking about how good the, the relievers had been, a little shaky to end the game. Yes. Um, they, you know, Molina, not Molina, Morris gave up two runs in the first and then one in the, in the, in the fifth. Um, but you had a big fourth inning offensively. You scored five runs in the fourth, one in the fifth, one in the, the eighth, to get your seven runs. And then Oklahoma State just kept chipping away. They scored two in the bottom of the first, one in the fifth, one in the sixth, one in the seventh, and then one in the bottom of the ninth. So it's like, like you had a pretty good lead and then it was just getting closer and closer and closer. And then you had a runner on third. You end up winning this game in a rundown. Um, I mean, every game, I mean, I may not be completely right on that, but it seemed like every game ended except for Saturday. Maybe I guess, I guess Friday and Sunday, both of those games for sure ended in kind of a, whew. all right, good. Glad that worked out. Yes, Saturday, and and this is. I'm not trying to skip ahead or anything. We could still talk about Friday, but it was. Uh, you know, you're exactly right because you get the grand slam in the fourth. Uh, Stillwell hits a botter a ball that's still well over downtown Stillwater. I was trying I to love with a way to say that. Like I couldn't. I couldn't. His celebration which is oh immediate guns up immediate like, <laughs> I mean, like reflex he didn't he didn't pimp it like he didn't sit there and look at it he didn't i mean it, he was still being you know very very oh yeah he, he was what uh the word i'm looking for? The, um i was going very to say demonstrative well yeah de- but anyways he was very visibly celebrating Tactful? And early, like he hit the ball and immediately was celebrating, but it wasn't like where he like dropped the bat or did some kind of ridiculous bat flip or stood there and looked at it for 30 seconds and then started a real slow trot. Respectful, if you will. With guns up, but I thought, yeah, anyways, it just leads me to believe that Cole Stillwell, like if if he, if he, you know, scratched a winning lotto ticket or he pulled the, the winning, you know, the, the winning casino thing. What is it? What is that? Video poker? If you wanted video poker or something and the the sirens are going off, he would just immediately guns up. Just any any positive moment. Like probably I don't know if he's married or not, but probably right after he says his vows, guns, guns up. up. Guns up down the aisle. This he is just, would probably take a, a book out of uh Kyle's wedding planning where they had tortillas thrown. He Did they probably, really? He would probably celebrate in a single Oh, way to go, Kyle. Fashion. Gambling gauchos, listen to the gambling gauchos. Oh, for sure. Apparently, they throw tortillas at weddings. It's beautiful. Had I thought about that, that I would know. Have been, that would have been a really. I'm just idea. sitting here, like really disappointed in myself because we yeah. got married in Ransom Canyon, so we were actually here. We got married in here. In I America. had a Texas Tech groom's cake, red velvet. Shout out to United. I had a United our wedding <laughs> chocolate double tea cake for my my groom's cake as well. Yeah. Guess who had zero bites of it? This <laughs> and I was so frustrated because Samantha's younger brother finished it off. I was like, dude, come on now. I will never forget. And it, it's all, it's one of the, the best things. I, 
I, I know it was mostly my mother-in-law and I think my mom helped a little bit too, but they very sweetly packed us a care package, my wife and I, of food because they knew that we weren't going to eat like Hold a on. bite of all this food. You know, I just realized we very seamlessly transitioned into food talk. Oh yeah. That's, we're, we're, we're talking about baseball. The, the, they're clashing at the, uh, at home plate at the this week. Line, home plate. Um, but yeah, so there was a grand slam. Yes. Uh, Friday. It's grand slam on Saturday. It's seven on the season now, which maybe most if any D one. Washburn hit the second one, right? Hudson white. Oh, white. The other true freshman that had a monster weekend with the last name starting with a W wait, or was it for, I, I thought it was Washburn. Well, Washburn yes. had a, Big well, hit. Both homered on Saturday. Hudson White hit a solo ho- solo home run. Washburn hit the grand slam. See, I, I know right. baseball right. people. Right. I'm so into. I got it. <laughs> Anyways, um, so you're talking about like how the game was close Friday and Sunday, and I and then you're like, well, not, not so much on Saturday. It's like that's that's a product of Brandon Birdsell on the mound on Saturday. Yes, the dude was on fire who is now eight and two on the season. He's got 10, uh, 10. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm, I'm having a, I have a hard time with words as a, as a podcast host decisions, 10 decisions on the year. Whereas Molina, nope. Morris has seven. He's seven and oh, Birdsell's eight and two. Anyways, your bats were going on Saturday. You got a, a home run from Hudson white in the fifth. To start the scoring off, uh, if you were watching the game, you know that Holiday, the color broadcast, who just so happens to be the dad of the head coach, complaining wildly about, well, and it was kind of like a backhand compliment to Texas Tech, right? He was complaining about not getting the close calls on balls and strikes. And the way he framed it as a compliment to Texas Tech, he said they are very disciplined to the plate. They will not chase bad pitches too often. So you need to get the close. <laughs> you need to get the home cooking close calls <laughs> where you can get them. Right. I remember. So it, it, this part in the game, um, White had already hit the home run in the fifth. Um, and then you get down to Dylan Carter and he gets to a, like a two and two count borderline pitch. It's called a ball. And this is when holiday starts losing his mind. He's like, and basically where he said, like, you need to get these, these, these close calls. You need to get these balls. Cause they're not going to, these balls to be strikes. Cause you're not going to get whatever. Another close ish pitch comes in. Carter walks and they're like, mark this down. Remember this. If, 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 Carter comes back to score. Remember like how, how the ending could have changed where it went from a one out walk to two outs going back to the top of the lineup. You then go on to score six more <laughs> runs and holiday was losing his mind about how it could have changed. If Carter had struck out instead of walked, I was like, yes. So he just kept, he, he would not let that go. No, I was, no, I'd given up because I think, you know, they were they were okay in the first game. I could tell something was up. And, you know, our guys, I, I, I love Gus. He's great. I, I'm, I'm not sure if everybody else does, if they're listening to one of our games. That, you know, there may be some things he says or does that people listen to with a, a different ear or a trained ear, and they're like, oh, he's just too pro-Texas Tech or whatever. But 
I think he's pretty even-handed. Um, as the as the CEO of the College Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah, the dude just loves baseball. So <laughs> I just want to say that and throw it that there may be some people out there who sure. listen to an ESPN or watch an ESPN Plus broadcast and say the same thing about our guys. Okay, which is also strange. Just one second on that. On, on the TV broadcast that we get, the play-by-play is not a Texas Tech person. Like That's not a... We're like watching the Oklahoma State game. Well, John Harris used to do it a lot. And sometimes Geo would do it too. But I know it hasn't been that way this year. Recently this year, it's been, right. it's been an ESPN guy that's come in and done play-by-play. Yeah. Whereas you got the voice of Oklahoma State Athletics, whatever his name is, pistols firing, that dude. <laughs> I can't stand him. He, he was doing their, their play-by-play. He wasn't bad. It was their color guy. But well, if we're doing a straight comparison, a color guy to color guy on the broadcast team, which we're kind of getting into what we learned here. We're just all over the place in our notes. Today. Well, well, the, the color holiday guy, was a mess. Well, the, the thing that, that really turned me off on the first game, he would not let go that one of our closers, and I can't remember which one, he, he called him ball. Oh, they wanted a balk every pitch. Like every, yes, every pitch, every single, so he's hesitating, watch him. Oh, he didn't do it that time, but watch him next time. He'll, he, he's hesitating, watch him. He's kind of got that hitch and you're just, Dude, you're not going to get bailed out on a balk right now just because you want one. Just let the game play out. I, I'm sure he wasn't calling for balks in the first inning. I, I kind of missed part of the beginning of the game. But, yeah, when it's the ninth inning and you've got a runner in scoring position, yeah, yep, every you're, you're going to be watching that pitcher and you're going to be hoping that he messes up. And this just – oh, that just rubbed me the wrong way. Like, quit, quit – Quit hoping for a balk, and they were really on top of those. That's that's twenty seconds. That's too. That you got to you got to get that pitch out. You got to yeah. See, they didn't call it that time. They didn't call it that. They got to do it. I mean, they they were just really tough tough hangs. So I well as I decided as a, the next two games. You know what? I'm just going to listen da- to Hacks and Lint <laughs> as the dad of the coach. Which was funny because in that in that inning where Texas back on the Saturday game when they scored seven runs. He did make a very brief um, criticism, critical comment about a defensive alignment that mm. his son had calls. Like, I don't know why we got our third baseman playing even with the bag here. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm changing like, gears on you. All right. Okay, anyways, anyways, one anyways. more time. One more time, and then I'll stop. We can actually talk about the game. All right. Imagine if there was a world where we could listen to Spike Dyke's color commentary of a Sonny Dyke's coached game. I would just enjoy the heck out of that. I don't know why he did that. <laughs> Maybe I'll give him a let me let me text him about that. What is why didn't he run the power? <laughs> yeah, just, they were setting up for just, the counter. Just imagine a world where one where Spike Dykes doing color commentary anyway. Oh, for sure. That would be a world I would want to live in. And then you know if he's got one of his sons down there and he's trying to be professional and trying to not be, it wouldn't last very long. He, he, he would immediately be, well, I don't know why we're doing that. It would, we, it would immediately be, we just instantly. Well, well I, that, if that were me, I would have, you know, I would have gone ahead and punted on that fourth and three. I don't that's kind I don't of the feeling I got from the color guy when he said, what, what is our, what is the third baseman doing here? <laughs> right. or, yeah. Like, he may have it even is. said, we, <laughs> 
So I, it's I was easy also, to slip into that. I, I was thinking like who else might may may have that possibility. And it's not a, a Texas Tech possibility now, but Kingsbury's dad is a coach. That's true. You can get him on some kind of broadcast. Get him on some Kingsbury. NFL broadcasts. What the what the hell is he doing in here? <laughs> Anyways. Let's share the booth the booth with Tom Brady. So as much as they were bickering and, and BSing about wanting a balk, Oklahoma State did score a run on a balk on Saturday. Oh, yeah, that's right. They're like, oh, vindication. There you go. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Only needed Captain six Holt. more. Vindication. Anyways, um, so you get the big inning in the fifth uh, and then add one more run in the ninth to go up. Nine to three to win this one. Brandon Birdsell, like I said, gets his eighth win. Um promise we're going to talk about baseball sat sunday was a little bit and i was one i was happy we'd won the series we got the first two games and i was like all right let's yeah let's see how this goes you kind of i was preparing myself i I was too i i said in the slack chat i fully said this is i love that we're going to win this series i do not look forward to getting run ruled tomorrow I was completely just accepting of that. I was so wrong. Mm-hmm. I, just, I was a pink Raider moment, but I just was looking at the history. And I think Jamie had a Jamie. Yeah. First name. Lent. Yeah. We're very close. Uh, but Lent had a good stat that I'd never even thought to look up. You probably knew offhand, but I think they were in big 12 play. Texas tech was like one in five on Sundays or on. They've only beaten Kansas state. Yeah. There was, there Sunday. was, he had, and I thought, I didn't know it was that bad. It just seemed like, I mean, we've talked about it and you've talked about all the stats and everything, but I just thought over the season, sure. It's Sundays have been bad, but I didn't realize it was compounded even more over yeah. the last it's since big bad. 12 play. Yeah. So I was fully resigned. Now you're two and five. Yes. Two and five. You're getting closer. You could be three and five. Mm, this they don't play Sunday. They do. Well, but you, you still get the third game. <laughs> okay. You get the third game. All right. Because you, the, the, the series against TCU, I think was a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, because that was Easter weekend. Yes, it was Easter. You got to, you got to be pretty bad on Saturday there. Anyways, this Sunday up in Stillwater, and maybe it had something to do with Jace Young hitting a home run in the second inning. Gets the scoring started top of the first hits a solo shot. I watched, I, I, I caught the, the home run on a replay, like a highlight. And for those conspiracy theorists that want to talk about like a juiced ball or something, seeing that home run may have, you know, some, some evidence for you. Uh, Cause it looked like he just reached out to poke at this ball. Like he just, he just threw his bat at it. Like he's got his butt sticking out and arms are fully straight, makes what looks like bad contact clears the wall <laughs> did you st- so obviously a very strong individual and in jace young yeah who was that guy for ou in the or oklahoma state in the, the first game oh who uh, hit a ball to like colorado or something dirt dershing oh my gosh he's got he's got, a, he's got an interesting name yeah because he he also Dershing. he's a transfer right Homer, yeah, it. I, I like that in the box score. It just says Dershing Homer to left Dershing. field. Oh, that's all it says. It doesn't say that it was five hundred and fifteen feet or whatever. Yeah, that 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 home run was out of the stadium over yeah. the left field video screen that is as large as the one they have in their football stadium. Well, and I was kind of getting annoyed with the announcers by that point. And so I was kind of starting to become hyper aware. Like, oh, was it really? Because my stream, I was on my 
tablet and it wasn't working very well. So I couldn't see super great, but I could hear fine. And I thought, oh, really? Was it that big of a deal, guys? And then, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> it was incredible. Destroyed it. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. I mean, there, does that kind of add to the controversy of the the juiced ball talk? No, because that, that dude looks like a fullback playing baseball. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyways, okay, Sunday. Um, you get the the solo home run and start off the top of the first. You get a some back-to-back doubles in the second to take it, you know, to score another run. Um, and then you've got chase Hampton on the mound. He hasn't, he hasn't looked really good for a while this season. Sunday was as best as I've seen him play all season. He was great. He went five innings, only gave up three hits, one run. One of them earned did have five walks though, but nine strikeouts. There was a moment in the fifth inning where things were starting to fall apart. And you're like, here we go. Mm-hmm. Oh no. Um, there. Wa- let me let me let me go through the box score real quick. Um, I know what you're talking about because I think he he walked a couple guys and and immediately start struck out a couple. Well, so in in, in the fifth before he gets pulled, um, he strikes out the first batter swinging, walks the next guy on four pitches. Oof. Then gets a a guy to fly out on the. Three, six, eight, ninth pitch of the at bat. So a long at bat gets the second out to fly out. Then gets the next batter, Dorshing, to walk, but it was after three on the eighth pitch. So in back to back batters, he's thrown 17 pitches. And the control, like, so he walked one and then got to a three and two count on the next two batters. Got one to fly out, one to walk. So control is becoming an issue. Um, and then you get this last batter that uh, he ends up facing, Mendham. Um, Was this where there was some long timeout called? or? Yeah, so they the Holiday, Josh Holiday for Oklahoma State, um, asked for a review or was coming out to, to argue about a potential bulk of all things. Oh, of course. Um, <laughs> that's what it was because the pitch clock was coming down and then Hampton did that, that stupid thing that's in the rule book where he stepped off and then faked a throw to second to make a play mm. to restart the clock. What, what came into question was whether or not he broke you know, his hands separated after his foot that was in contact with the rubber had completely cleared the back of it, which nobody on the field can see except for the third base umpire. And whoever's in that third base dugout, which is where Oklahoma state's home dugout is. is. So they had a good angle on it. The umpires didn't, didn't call it a balk. It was close. It was one of those things where it was, it was real close. Bang, bang. And it may have been a lazy attempt on Hampton. He just wasn't focused so much on making sure it was foot was completely crossed over behind the the, the rubber to then make that fake throw. Um, anyways, that they come out arguing about it, and they're like, "We got nothing." It was a three and two pitch, so it, the, the count was three and two, and they went back and forth. There was some yelling going on. It was getting kind of heated. Mm-hmm. There was anyways, 
Hampton comes back, strikes this dude out looking where he, one, the, like it was a, it was a borderline pitch batter either thought or was selling it as a ball. Cause he threw his bat and was starting to take off like his elbow guard to run up the, the baseline to first home plate umpire rings him up and Hampton is like beating his chest, spinning around, screaming at people. I was like, dude is a firecracker. And this yeah. is not the first time he screamed after a, a no. batter after striking him out. Um, but you saw that you're like, man, I feel pretty good about what we're doing today. Yeah. Now that, at that point that you were really up, good. you were up five to one. Um, you had had a big inning in the fifth where you had had the, uh, well, not a grand slam, but you did a lot of damage this weekend in the fourth and fifth innings. Um, what does, what, what is the quick sidebar? Does the pitch count do anything? Cause all of these games like the timer over three hours. One of them was over four. One of them was almost four hours. So like game one was was almost four and a half hours. Yeah. So game one was three hours, 54 game. Two was three hours, 15 game. Three was four hours, 21 minutes. I mean, we're talking like Texas tech football length games, but no, but there's a pitch count now. And it seems like the the pitch because, because there's a count clock that I'm sorry because they have a way around it and they, they, they need a way around it, right? Like you need to have like for whatever reason, for all the many reasons they have like the exceptions to the rule, but the actual pitch clock does nothing to speed the game up. It sure doesn't seem like it because you can essentially just reset the clock by stepping off and faking a throw to a base. Anyways, you end up come, you, you win this game you get, um, you get out to a big lead there from your, the solo home run, the first, you got the, the second run in the second, three more runs in the fifth. After the sixth, you were up six to one. I was like, man, I feel pretty good about this. Um, but then, but then <laughs> your, your Sunday, uh, bullpen issues, Chase Hampton gives away to Mason Molina, who goes an inning in a third, Josh Sanders goes two thirds. Sanders has been the one that like he's, he's been the one that has been iffy for a lot of, for a lot of reasons. <laughs> he goes two thirds, gives it three hits, two runs, two earned one walk, no strikeouts. And then Becker comes in and he went a full two innings, gave up two hits, but of his six outs recorded, four of them were strikeouts. And this is the Becker you're wanting since you got the trans since he transferred in from Vanderbilt. Um, but my goodness, like the besides Sanders, really, um, your bullpen looked really good. Bridges didn't didn't pitch on Sunday, like I said he did earlier, probably 20 minutes ago at this point. Um, he did on Friday. Did he? Did he also pitch on Saturday? I I feel like he he pitched twice this weekend. Yes, he pitched a third of an inning on Saturday. Um because it went Birdsell, Colin Clark, Bridges, and then Divine had another inning after he did the had a third of an inning on Friday. He did a full inning on Saturday. Okay. Okay. Anyways, okay. So you sweep the series. One, it was a lot of fun to see all the players quote tweeting the D one baseball projection prediction from the weekend where the entire staff oh, everybody. selected Oklahoma State to win the series. 
And then somebody else, um, it was like a, like a betting related Twitter account, not, not the gaucho, some other random account said it was more likely for Oklahoma state to sweep Texas tech than it was for Texas tech to win the series. A lot of them, a lot of people were quote tweeting that and he was like, wow, that aged well. Like, like, you know, your boy here did. I yeah, also, I that also was kind of, kind of how we felt. Yeah. Because obviously we, it's not that they were wrong to assume that Texas tech would have not done so well on the road or not won the series against a top five opponent at their place, but you win all three. And what that does, it puts you firmly back in the conversation for potentially winning this conference. Yes. As much as we've talked down about the struggles of this team, you were in a position to finish no worse than fourth, where if you win two games this weekend, you are winning at least a share of the regular season conference title, which would be Tim Tadlock's fourth title since he's been in Texas Tech. If you win all three, you win outright because you will have 17 victories, even TCU. Nobody can get to 17 except for you. TCU right now is in first place, has 16. Um, they are, you're technically tied with TCU because your win percentage is the same, but they have more wins. Mm, um, you also have the best win percentage and like overall win percentage in the conference. Um, like I said, you will need to win the series this weekend to win a share of the conference title, which I think is not an unreasonable expectation. You're at home. You're at home. You're facing a, a, a good offensive team, but you're also a really good offensive team. And guess what? You're playing at home. Um, if you only win two games, but I, I don't want to get too far into the, the scenarios just yet. Um, so anyways, you could finish anywhere between first and fourth, depending on how you do this weekend and how Oklahoma state does against Baylor. Current standings, TCU's in first. They're done with their Big 12 series, or their Big 12 season is done. They're at 16 and 8. Um, if you were to finish with 16 victories as well, they would finish ahead of you because they hold the tiebreaker yeah. as it goes head-to-head. And if there's an even number of games played in a conference setting, so even though there would be an even number of games played against Oklahoma, one of them is not a conference game. The, the second head-to-head... head-to-head um, talks about who like if you're still tied after head to head who won the first game of the series which I think is interesting but like we all play odd number unless for some reason a game is canceled or fourth whatever you lose a game off the schedule Texas Tech is second at 14 and 7 with only Oklahoma remaining on the schedule Oklahoma State 13 and 8 is in third with Baylor remaining so they've got a great shot to play their way into potentially a three-way tie for first Oklahoma also at 13 and eight could also potentially win the conference with three games to go. What has to, what (laughs) we'll get to that in a second. Okay. Um, the tiebreaker with Texas tech there obviously wouldn't matter because if you're not going to tie Oklahoma, um, and if you do, that they're gonna they're gonna own the the tiebreak because you're 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 a game ahead of them so they sure. have to win two games they would have yeah they would have they won the series anyways Texas is in fifth they are at eleven and ten 
West Virginia also in so also at eleven and ten. Um, and I included them before I did the the entire breakdown because I said you could potentially drop all the way down to sixth, but it's not because you hold tie, you hold the tiebreaker with both Texas and West Virginia. So even if you get swept and your your final Big Twelve conference win record stays at fourteen wins and Texas sweeps Kansas and West Virginia sweeps Kansas State, they would get to 14 wins as well. Mm-hmm. You own the tiebreakers with them. So you will no, you will fall no lower than fourth. Oof. Okay. So let's, let's not let that happen. If you get swept, again, fourth is as low as you can go. Okay. Here are the outcomes. And I, I label them interesting. So <laughs> buckle up. Here we go. There's a lot of them. Well, so sorry. There's four, obviously, because I'm, I'm going off of... The assumption that fourth is as low as you can get to, right? Yes, but I'm talking about like of the outcomes of your three games this weekend. You can go 3-0, oh, 2-1, 1-2, and or 0-3. You go 3-0, oh, you win the conference outright. You're number, the number one seed in the Big 12 Conference Tournament. Hooray, you win the conference title. You don't share with anybody. It's all mine. Go Tech. Take my toys and go home. If you win and 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 the this the standings would finish Tech in first, TCU second, Oklahoma State third, Oklahoma fourth. I didn't go beyond that because there's too many possibilities of does Texas jump West Virginia? Does West Virginia jump Texas? Blah blah blah. It doesn't matter. Okay, if Tech goes two and one, they only win the series and not sweep. They would win a share of the conference title and split it with TCU, but you would be the number two seed in the tournament because TCU holds the tiebreaker. You would still technically share the conference title, even though they hold the tiebreaker, but you, the, the tiebreaker would be used to then seed the tournament. Um, it is possible that if you go two and one this weekend and Oklahoma State sweeps Baylor, there could be a three-way tie, three-way share of the conference title, and it would go TCU, Tech, Oklahoma State, one, two, three in that order for seeding purposes, but all three would be a conference champion with Oklahoma in fourth place. That sounds gross. But what that requires is Texas Tech to win two games and Oklahoma State to sweep Baylor. If Baylor wins one game, that like Oklahoma State cannot win a share. A share. They okay. need they need to sweep to get to sixteen wins to tie TCU. So we obviously we want we Tech want. to one sweep. Next best scenario is to win two games and Baylor to and win Baylor one. Win one. Okay, because that would then put you still one two like you would still be one one a one b with TCU where they would be first, you'd be second. Oklahoma State would be the clear third. Oklahoma would be fourth. How great would it be though? To sweep OU and knock TCU out of the top place, a team that, that swept, swept you, <laughs> it would be it would be sweet. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just kind of a nice little. Oh yeah, yeah. We that that series it didn't matter. It's fine. Yeah. So you go two and one, and Baylor wins one. TCU would win the conference title as the number one seed. You'd be one B. Share it with them. Oklahoma State third, Baylor fourth. That's if. Baylor wins just one game or one or two games. If Tech goes one and two this weekend, 
you will get the number three seed. You'll be you'll finish third in the conference. Um, if Baylor wins at least one game, if Oklahoma State sweeps, then you'll be the four seed. Okay, so that's if we go one and two, because that will put you would finish technically tied with Oklahoma, but they ha- they hold the tiebreaker, and that would put TCU and o- Oklahoma State tied. So. TCU Oklahoma State would be tied at 16 wins, and I don't I don't remember who has the tiebreaker. I think Oklahoma State does over TCU. So Oklahoma State could win the title this weekend if they sweep Baylor and Oklahoma beats us twice. Oh man, so they're going to have to root for the Sooners. Yeah, no, That's, it, may, it may not be that hard after losing to Tech at home. But if Baylor wins at least one game. Come on, Baylor just win so one. There's so much riding on Baylor winning a baseball game. We we need them to win one. Okay. That would just help us in in at least two of the scenarios you've outlined, maybe three. Yeah. Okay. All right, Baylor. Do do your part. You'd get the three seed if Baylor wins just one. You'd drop to fourth if they get swept. Don't get swept. If Texas gets sorry, if Texas Tech gets swept this weekend and goes 0-3, you would drop to a three seed. Only if Baylor wins a game. You, so you would need Baylor to win a game. If Baylor gets swept, if you and Baylor both get swept, you will be a four seed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no, there's no coming back from that. However, however, if Oklahoma sweeps you and Baylor wins a game versus Oklahoma State, Oklahoma will win the, the regular season conference title because they hold the tiebreaker with TCU. So if Oklahoma sweeps you and goes 16 and eight on the season, they would tie essentially with TCU just like we would tie if we just won two games, but it'd be Oklahoma conference title. So they have something to play. They have a lot to play in terms of not. Well, they, they're hoping to sweep. (laughs) Yes. They, they're hoping to sweep to get a share of the big 12 12 title. Tech is hoping to sweep to win it outright. They win the series. They get to share it yeah. with TCU. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think, I think I've got it. We, we want to we win want Baylor to win a game. We, we want Baylor to win a game and we want to win. We want to win at three. least two. <laughs> if we win three. Then it doesn't please, matter what Oklahoma state. Please let's do. win three games. So that's, that's how it sets up this weekend. Um, this upcoming weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday against the Sooners. I think, though, there may have been some confidence gained in the way that you played on Sunday, setting up potentially and going into the Big 12 tournament, but also this final conference series. Because we talked about it, it's not just a pitching problem on Sundays. Your offense scored two more runs than they normally do on Sundays, and this is considering that they also played on the road. Your defense, your pitching, allowed four fewer runs. That's a six-run total swing on this game alone against Oklahoma state. So I think given all those scenarios we just laid out a sweep is possible. Yeah. They've got their finals out of the way. It's, it's no longer burdening their, their minds. They can freely just focus on baseball. That's all it was. School's hard guys. Yeah. So, okay. Really quickly. Want to give an update on the standings and rankings. Yes. 
because you had been you had been getting benefit of the doubt a lot. They they've kind of like as much as we we moan and 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 complain about like Texas football starting the season in the top fifteen every year, like they went six and six last year, but they were a top fifteen program. Oh, of course, they got it figured out. Figure that out, ESPN. No, what what you're getting that same kind of treatment, or at least you had pretty simple. But now those people that 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 had given you that respect while you were not doing so well are getting rewarded after you just swept Oklahoma State. Like, look, told you, told yeah. you, yeah. D one baseball moved you up from ninth to fifth, top five. Uh, I mean, you took down a top five program. You get to be top five. Baseball America moved you from fifteenth to sixth. Perfect game moved you from fifteenth to fifth. The National College Baseball Writers Association moved you from 8th to 6th. Collegiate Baseball, who had just recently brought you back into the top 30 at number 30 last week, jumped you up to 12th. So we went from unranked for four weeks to 30th, barely ranked to 12th. Yeah, I don't trust this ranking at all. (laughs) Well, and here's one I don't know how how to interpret just yet. The Massey ratings jumped you from 28th Ooh, two? 26th. Oh. Your RPI did jump 15 spots. 13. My contacts blurred there. I couldn't do math. From 46th to 33rd. Uh, so I, I did hear that Mike Gustafson, the same Gus you were talking about earlier, yeah. on a Tech Talk interview, said that while RPI is a good measure, it's not the only thing the committees or whatever the group is is looking at when they're determining who gets to host. Because you see that kind of the RPI and the, the BPI in basketball, like that's a, or the net scores. All those are big things to help determine it, but it's not the end all be all deciding factor. Your RPI is lower than you would hope it to be. Yes. Well, and it has been, I'm, I'm sure we could go back through our, you got docs there. and see, but <laughs> I don't, I feel like it's been in the forties for two months. Does that seem right? Maybe since, Maybe not that long. Maybe it's just felt like that long. Maybe after the TCU series, it really tanked, but or Grand Canyon, or I, I don't remember. But I really yeah. think it's this is the first time it's cropped out of the 40s in several weeks. Yeah. So to see any sort of significant movement there is good. And, but like you said, hopefully it's not the committee or the Illuminati or whoever's <laughs> Illuminati when they, when they burn the thing that, shows the white smoke or whatever. I I think that they won't be looking at just this number. Yeah. That's comforting to know. And then the last one I want, want to touch on uh, was the coaches poll moved you from 13th to seventh. And the coaches poll, like coaches poll D one baseball. And I guess the, the writers association, they've, they've been pretty, as far as the polls go, I think they've been the kindest to tech throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And, so, I mean, it, and kind of reasonable. And sometimes, even in my head, almost unreasonable. Like, really? They think this team's... A- D1 baseball has been... They've... They have, <laughs> shout out to Kendall Rogers and all them over there. And I wonder, just, just in my mind just now, thinking, what is that relationship that Keith has built <laughs> had anything to do with the respect no, that Kendall Rogers has D- for... D1 her. is completely... They are completely non-influenced by personal relationships. Very charismatic people who also have excellent podcasts. Check out Dinger Derby if you haven't already. Yeah. And RedRaiderDugout.com. 
great write-ups on all the games. But but yeah, I'm I'm sure. I'm sure it's all above board. But I'm not I, saying it's a bad thing. I'm no. saying it's, it's certainly helped. Well, it's kind of like, you know how we joke about, especially before NIL came along, like, well, maybe we should just get some bag men. Let's just get some bag men. Let's just do it. Let's just figure out how to pay players to come play football. Yeah. But then NIL came around and we kind of figured it out anyway. Yeah. So, no, I definitely appreciate D1 baseball probably having as much, if not more faith than a lot of Red Raider fans who would look up that and go, wow, really? They still have us top 10, huh? They still have, man. It, it almost made you question your fandom. Like, these guys. What these, are they doing? These guys have us at top 10 and I'm I'm over here like, but we don't have any pitching on I mean, we're, we're never going to sweep another series. We're only best possible scenarios two one ever, which I guess kind of doesn't matter too much. You can win the conference. Yeah. Losing every Sunday. That was just still not fun to do. No, not at all. Do not recommend. No. So before we look ahead to Oklahoma, Michael, Oh, I'll tell you about color cast. Yeah. Let's just, let's just dive right into it because color cast, we are live right now talking on the internet it's a audio only sports talk platform it's free to download and to use you can talk to me other fans athletes and insiders in real time it's perfect for watch parties debates post-game breakdowns and reacting to breaking news all you need to do is download the ColorCast app free in the ios app store create a profile link your twitter join the group follow me at 23 personnel and you'll be notified when our group goes live typically nine ish Central time on Tuesdays. We'll be uh, going live then, and we'll be expecting you to come with your spiciest takes. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. All right. Let's, uh, let's look ahead. The last three games on the season, on the schedule, Thursday, Friday, Saturday of this week versus the Oklahoma Sooners, who are 31 and 19, 13 and 8 on the season. Fourth, currently in the Big 12, had a little bit of a stinker on Monday where they got blasted by Wichita State 18. And <laughs> Just nothing. seeing that. Is that right? That was last night, Monday. I'm night. sorry. I talked over you. He's, he, Spencer said it was 18 to nothing in case you didn't hear me laughing. Wichita State scored three in the third, six in the fourth, four in the fifth, four in the sixth, and one more in the eighth. They played a full nine inning game. <laughs> It's not a run rule. It's, this is a sub 500 group, a 20 and 32 Wichita State team. Wow. Blasted the Sooners, who I was about to tell you are really good offensively. Uh, we've seen it. We've witnessed it. We saw, we saw Tim Tedlock roll out nine pitchers to try to figure them out. Well, so the Sooners rolled out three six they rolled out eight to try to figure out wichita state who only rolled with three. Oh man <laughs> yeah two of six, them pitched four uh, eight of the eight innings yeah combined 
six of these gave up at least an earned run. Nobody gave it more than three, but it was three to Calhoun, one to Sundloff, three more to Ramos, three to Andrews, two to Godman. Carmichael came in, only pitched a third of an inning, but didn't give up an earned run. Jet Loads came in for a third of an inning and gave up a run. And Luke Carell came in for two-thirds to end the game and gave up no runs. So, yeah, maybe. I mean, it's just one game. But maybe getting blasted 18 to nothing by a sub-500 team has got some kind of a confidence shaking. Yeah, that's a humbling experience. On the season, though, their offensive numbers are going to sound a lot like yours until we get to the stolen base numbers. Your season batting average for Texas Tech, 298, Oklahoma's 297. Slugging, you have a slight advantage of 508 to Oklahoma's 453. On base percentage, they lead you just a little bit. You get on base 41% of the time. They get on base 42. They have hit only 43 home runs on the season to year 76. So, obviously, if you look at the slugging numbers, they don't hit for power the same as you do, but they still score a ton of runs. Mm-hmm. Um. You do have you do hold a significant run uh, advantage over the season four sixty one to three eighty seven. Strikeouts are about the same. They struck out six more times four twenty five to four thirty one. They steal a heck of a lot of bases. One hundred and fifty one attempts on the year, successful on one hundred and eighteen of them, where you are still sitting at twenty seven successful attempts or successful tries on thirty attempts. Is was is West Virginia the team that's that's leading the conference in that? And TCU is in the mix, I think. Yes, but like the, those three, I was I was a little bit surprised to see what. So when I, when I first saw that number, I was like, I must be looking at the, the West Virginia line. When I saw that <laughs> Oklahoma, like this is too high. Yeah. So Oklahoma is second in the conference in, term, in terms of attempts at 151. West Virginia is first at 183. There are 144 of 183. Um, when we brought this up against TCU, um, they were they were they were close to Oklahoma. Currently, they are in third behind Oklahoma with 87 attempts, almost half. Man, or sorry, a little more than half. Yes, no, Oklahoma, st- Oklahoma, they don't hit for power. But when they get on, they're going to try to run. You did handle that and slow that down pretty significantly against West Virginia. Correct. That was at home too. You were able to 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 limit and take that part of the game away from them defensively. Um, and then when you're on the mound. You hold a little bit of an advantage there, too. And, again, you're playing at home. Opponents are batting 256 against Texas Tech pitchers. They're batting 280 against Oklahoma. A 516 ERA for Tech, 566 for OU. Walks are about the same, 198 for Tech, 190 for Oklahoma. They have an 8 advantage there. Exactly the same number, 52 home runs given up by both teams. They have allowed teams to score 280 runs against them. 18 of those came on Monday. <laughs> this would have been a lot closer stat had yes. they not played this game on Monday, whereas Tech Tech has 257. This would have been a 262 to 257 line. Tech did yesterday. not play a midweek game this week. Right. 
but had Oklahoma not, also not played a midweek game, this would have been a five-run difference on the season instead of the 23-run. <clears throat> Strikeouts. You strike out the opponent's a heck of a lot. 502 strikeouts on the season. Oklahoma only has 435. Fielding percentage, you have almost a, what is that, eight? You have an eight thousandths. Yes. Advantage, 978 to 970, which is pretty minuscule, I would say. In terms of percentage, yes, but 970 is last in the Big 12. Oh. No. 966 from Kansas State is last. So they're that makes eighth sense. in the Big 12 in terms of fielding percentage. They make second to most errors in the conference. So once you, once you get through this series this weekend by doing what you do at home, you win Friday, Saturday, or Thursday, Friday this week, you go for it on, on Saturday, try to get that game three, hoping that Baylor's already won a game and just take out Oklahoma State and their chances altogether. You could be celebrating a conference title Friday night and again on Saturday. You could win the thing twice. Yeah, sure. Just yeah. go ahead and do it twice. You'll, you'll know a lot better, obviously. Well, you, you will know your seeding in the Big 12 tournament. Uh, it could be anywhere between one and fourth. That tournament kicks off next Wednesday, the 25th. It's 25th to the 29th. It is the top eight teams, so... Sorry about you, team number nine, which will likely be, I believe it's Kansas. If I could just click over to the standings real quick. Kansas, it depends on how they do. Because they are, they're two games back from Baylor. Well, Baylor's going to win at least one game. So, sorry, Kansas. But if if Kansas sweeps <laughs> Texas... <laughs> Hey, there, there could be hey, some movement on who gets some, left out of the Big 12 tournament. You know, there's some Kansas beating Texas precedent. Auras. Yeah, there, there is definitely precedent. Cyclone Larry reminds us every single morning. I love it. That Good there morning. is some Kansas, yeah. Kansas defeating Texas precedents in sports that uh, Texas should technically not lose to Kansas in. So you get the top eight teams in a double elimination format where you get one versus eight, four versus five on one side of the bracket, two versus seven, three versus six on the other side. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't thought it through. I mean, obviously I'd, I'd like to win the conference and then play the eight seed in game one. Yeah. Yeah. But past that, I mean, yeah, you want to be the two seed playing seven, but if it comes to the three versus four, I don't know if I have a preference. No. Maybe, I mean, obviously three over four because the four will put you on the one the one side of the bracket. But then they're spread out a little bit more. I don't I, know. I think once you get into the meat of it, it, no. I don't think it matters that much. Because if you're four, you're going to be playing the five seed, which could be Texas or West Virginia. Which I would welcome playing. But in, in a one game style, like play in, like you only get one shot at them. Don't really want to go after either one of them. Cause Texas is just going to mash you to death with their power. If they can, West if they Virginia, didn't use it all up the game before <laughs> West Virginia is going to, going to small ball you to death. Yeah. And steal 19 bases. <laughs> so I take that back. I'd, I'd, I'd rather be, 
One, two, or three. Forget four. Four, four sucks. Well, it just want to be one, two, and three just in general. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's baseball. Next week, we'll talk about the tournament. I had contemplated trying to get out there. And we, we may be in Dallas next weekend. If everything goes right, we're listing our house next week. And our realtor said, list it on like a Thursday afternoon and go out of town. We may be doing that because Grayson's last day of school is next Thursday. Ah, how that's already happened. No idea. First grade. Oh, he's finishing second grade. Se- uh. <laughs> Give me a third oh grade. Man. Anyways, that's baseball. Next week, we'll talk about the tournament. Give you a wrap up of how Texas Tech finished the regular season. How we're going to celebrate that big 12 title. Um, but before that, Michael, let's wrap up with what we learned. What did we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right. As we wrap this episode up, I want to let you know, remind you that this episode and every episode so far, the 23 personal podcast since 2018 has been brought to you by sports drink. It was armchair media way back in the day. But Sports Drink is the digital water cooler. Sports Drink is the newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and hate on your favorite team. Rising Tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org, open Instagram, and type in at Sports Drink, which is spelled like Sports Drink, but without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. All right. What did we learn, Michael? I will just touch back on what we talked about. We talked about the Oklahoma State series. Our broadcast crews have to be the best in the conference, hands down. They're pretty good. I can't They're stand, really good. Can't stand Craig Way, Texas. The fact <laughs> that I know his name is like a bad official. If you know their name, like that's that's saying something. Um, pistols firing, dude. I don't like him. I, I couldn't name the Oklahoma guys. Um, I could see some folks having strong opinions on Brian Jensen outside of Lubbock. Yeah, he was kind of like, especially the whole on the outskirt, like on the, the the tough hang when he was going after the officials in that game. Yeah, yeah. What was that Oklahoma State? No, uh, uh, Baylor. State? No, no, it was a home game. It was a home game. God crap! What was it? Kansas State? I don't remember. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. Um. But yeah, like wh- whether it's baseball with Jeff Haxon and Jamie Lent or Jamie Lent and like Cam Warren, that's been a fun combination. I've enjoyed um, that too. And Cam seems to be getting more and more comfortable. And I like that he gives he gives Lent some crap here and there. Oh, yeah. And they, they rib each other. It's fun. Um, and I can't remember the guys that we get from ESPN. And that, that, when I say like we have the best, like there's that obvious he's going to be impartial because he's not a Texas Tech employee or Learfield or Raymar, um, but Gus, yeah, or Harris that will fill in and, and do some of that. I just love how Gustafson describes things. There's, there's, I've never listened to anyone who he just he's just spinning a yarn about a pitch or something. I, I'm just every I can't even do an impression of it because it's. Well, one, I, I, it's probably a terrible impression, but two, I can't even think of a thing that he says, but it's just so natural for him to just start talking about, and he uses these terms and these phrases, and I, it, and they're just rolling off. You know, it's not like he's 
writing them down. He's got a checklist. He's like, well, I got to, I got to use can of corn this inning or something. You know, it's, it's just, he's, I don't know. I think he's a natural. I think he's, he's really fun to listen to. I've said similar things about Eric Nadell and Matt Hicks that cover the Rangers. Like they make listening to a baseball game entertaining where a lot of people would complain. The play about. by Blake Kai has a, he just has a great voice. It's so crisp. Yeah. It's a, it's a, yeah, I'm with you. So I can't think, I don't know their names, but which I would, they're use, on the radio like, enough. I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I would, I, I use that comparison as a, a high compliment to Gus that I think listening to guys that can make a baseball broadcast in entertaining, mm-hmm. but not Homer. Yeah. Well, and not, not so much that, but not like, um, intentionally like, Oh, well, we've got to engage the listeners. Like, no, they just find this really entertaining and they're talking about it and, and they, it's genuine. Yeah. They enjoy this sport and they enjoy what's happening. And Gus, Gus is super quick to compliment other players. And I, I've noticed that about our broadcasting teams too, especially with baseball. And I think it's probably just more common in baseball in general, but, uh, you know, you'll see it in other plays in, in other sports too, but man, just really quick to, Oh wow. What a play by the third baseman yeah. or, you know, man went right to the warning track by the left fielder. That, that was incredible. You know, they, they're very quick or what a pitch, you know, it's instant. It's not like a, okay. On the replay, they'll admit that it was, Oh, that was a close. Yeah. Pass. That was a really good catch by that wide receiver. You know, but that at first it was like, well, it sure seemed like defensive or offensive pass interference. And then, Oh no, Nope. That was just a good catch. It's baseball. It's they're very quick to just compliment the player, it, and I, I've always appreciated about that when when listening to our guys. Yeah. Um. I I also learned I learned a couple of things. So to to kind of talk about the announcing, I learned that whatever the hell they're doing in Stillwater, they need to freaking stop the whoop whoop whoop. <laughs> Whatever, whatever the hell that is, y'all got y'all got to stop because I cannot imagine even an Oklahoma State fan tuning in trying to listen to any broadcast and going, "Oh, I love this! I love this beat in the background. This is so great! Fire those pistols, man! This is awesome!" Just just freaking flock of drunk geese. I think that was. <laughs> I, think, I think hacks used something kind of like that. I might have ripped it up a little bit, but oh, whatever that whoop thing. That was really rough. That was really rough to listen to, especially on you the radio. I, did, I don't know if you could hear it on the TV. You know what? what the I did, TV. <laughs> I'm a boomer. <laughs> what I didn't hear, um, and and maybe because it just didn't present itself, that OSU Cowboys chant that we heard in the Super Regional so much a couple years ago. OSU <laughs> Cowboys. <sighs> like crap, they were doing like every time they hit a home run or something, and then like our fans like got after him and did like TT. Yeah. Anyways, I, I didn't hear So I, I wonder if like they just didn't have the opportunity to do that. I mean, outside of that giant home run, that home run, that Dorshing hit. Oh, but even then I didn't hear it. I would have done it with them at that point. That was still just unreal. That ball's still floating. Uh, okay. Two other quick things that I learned. Yeah. That's it. My, my wife and daughter went to visit a really good friend of, of my wife's in Houston and they're big Astros fans. They got to go to the world's couple of world series games this year. I was really excited for them, even though I'm not 
you know, you know me, we just spent an hour talking about baseball, but I'm not like a big baseball guy. So anyway, I was, I was, I was really happy for him. And so they're, they're big Astros fans and they were just saying it in passing, not being rude or trying to start anything, but they were talking to my five-year-old and they're trying to get her, Hey, come watch the Astros game with us. And bless her heart. My five-year-old said, well, in Lubbock, we root for Texas tech. <laughs> Love it. And I just thought I have, I swear I haven't, I must, I must be doing just the correct level of indoctrinating just the <laughs> just the correct level because I'm when almost any time like a, a, a marching band song comes on, she starts putting her guns up in the air cause she thinks it's the tech fight song. Uh, but she can pick a, she can pick out songs real quick. So like we'll be listening, I'll be listening to tech radio, listen to a baseball game and not even really thinking about it. And a commercial will come on and uh, it'll be the fight song. And I won't be thinking about it because I'm not paying attention to the commercials. And my daughter's over there just like guns up. And she's like, pirate, fire. She's trying, she doesn't know all the words, but she's, she's getting it. I'm just, ah, oh, it's working. It's working. It's just, it's subtle enough, but also still there's double T's everywhere <laughs> all over this place. Well, so really quick before you get to your, your last point, um, your last, what did we learn? That perfectly illustrates just like, like I recently been thinking a lot about like what our kids are thinking. Like, sure. Like, so you, you're talking about like the commercial comes on, like you tune out, like your, your, your brain's going somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. And, and like, she's, uh, still, she's still keyed in games off. Yeah. She like, hears music like, Oh, okay. This is where, this is where this I start is, listening this is next. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but just like the things they pick up from us. Oh yeah. It's wild. One of my favorite commercials Okay, I, I promise I'll do this and then I'll do my last thing. One of my favorite commercials is where it's Mark Adams talking about the Red Raider Club. And if anyone ever doubted he, was, he wasn't from here or isn't one of us, they need to listen to that commercial because instead of saying that's true Raider power, Reckham at the end, he says, that's true Raider power, Reckham. Yeah power it's 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 like those old hymnals I, I i can't help but think there's power in the blood that's exactly how he's saying it p-o-w apostrophe r yep. and it's just like that's it he's one of us okay one the, of us the last thing i want to talk about is bucky's which is a place that i love to despise because they refuse to acknowledge that there is life west of i-35 in this state yet they've got Stores in Alabama and Florida and Georgia and hell, I don't know, Montana, Vancouver, shit. They've got, they've got Bucky's everywhere, but heaven forbid they put one in El Paso or they might be putting one in Amarillo. I don't know. Is Amarillo West Texas? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know anymore. We'll have to call on the gauchos for that one. (laughs) We didn't stop at a Bucky's because we had like literally just left the house. It was like, I'm not stopping. I'm I'm one of those like, we're going. despise driving with a dis- with a passion. And I was like, we've been in the car 27 minutes. We're not stopping at a freaking Bucky's. But I was like, look, there it is. That That's as close as you're going to see it. Roll along Iowa. We're still going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my wife as on their way back from Houston. They did. They stopped at Bucky's. Uh, my mother-in-law loves Bucky's because, because where she lived in the, in Northwest Florida, there was one like an hour away in Alabama. And so she, Living in Northwest Florida, my mother-in-law lived 
hours closer to a Bucky's <laughs> than we do. So that's part of the reason why I hate Bucky's. But Allison brought those beaver nuggets and I'd never had them before. I've kind of vowed to never go into a Bucky's. I've never have. But those were really good. What are they? They're like, are we they ate jerky? all of them. Otherwise I would give them to you. No, it's basically the best way to describe them. And this is not a great way to describe them. Okay. Think of a Cheeto puff. Okay. Okay. So it's more, it's thicker than that. And it's more arched and it's does not taste like that. But just think of that texture. It's like a sweet corn flavor. And then okay. they like drench it in like a syrup caramel thing. Yes. Okay. Hold on. Holy cow. I've had some. I had some on this trip because one of the families that that traveled with us stopped at a Bucky's and got their trail mix. The Bucky's brand oh, trail mix. Oh, and there mix. were probably some and they were nuggets in it. They were in it. I was like, what is he talking Like As you were describing, I was like, oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Because it was like, like a... A little firmer than like a, a Cheeto puff. It didn't it didn't disintegrate yes. into the powder in your mouth. Um, and it's got a real. It's like it a was maple like, syrup. Yeah, it was flavor. like a, like a it's more that than corn. caramel kettle. Yeah, okay, Flavoring. kettle corn. I could see, but yeah. it also was picking up some of the seasoning in the bag from the trail mix. Sure. Anyways, okay. Yeah, I'm as much as I okay, okay. I'm, okay. Team Allsup's all the way, but but damn, <laughs> <laughs> those those beaver nuggets are good. All right, I'm, I'm actually so I, I I've been to Bucky's once, and I was more just impressed with the just vast size of it. Sure, the, the Sam's of convenience stores. Yeah. Anyways, that'll do it for us on the 23 Personnel Podcast. Getting you ready for the Oklahoma series to wrap up the Big 12 baseball schedule. For Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.